Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast of Word First Ministries. Tune in each week and join us as we pursue God's command to make disciples of all nations. What is up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, a podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. I am your host, Jacob O'Neill, and as always, I'm joined by my friends Cameron and hey, Bailey. Hey. And today... Can we do that again? Yeah. Don't hit the table. It blows out the audio. <laughs> I like hitting the table. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> and that's why we need the table. <laughs> and today we have... <laughs> the table. Don't fan us the table. <laughs> Don't turn the table. Today yeah. we have okay. Half of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, all three of you disappear, and that's it. Anyways. Don't have the center of the table. Don't have the center of the table. Yeah, either? please don't slam your hands upon the table. You want me to knock his one? At any point. <laughs> at any time. Just don't hit anything. Yeah. Idix getting the, the real behind the scenes uh, look, that's good. look right now. Okay. Uh, all right. We really have to do this because yeah, yeah. he has to go. Yes. <laughs> Three seconds. Oh, I can't do it. What is up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. I am your host, Jacob O'Neill. And as always, I'm joined by my good friends, Cameron and hey. Bailey. Hey. And today, we have a very special guest mm. in the studio. Yeah, well, we actually, do. in his church, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. Eirik Suldal. Yes, Eirik Suldal. Okay, close yeah. enough. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk to Isaac today about church planting, pastoring, and evangelism, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We love Isaac, and you will love him too. Bailey, go ahead and open us in prayer. Yeah. Lord, thank you for this opportunity that we have to talk with our brother. Um, thank you for this church that lives two minutes away from where I live. Um, thank you for just the friend that you've given us and the brother you've given us in Isaac, and I pray that today we would... Um, humble ourselves, humble our own hearts, humble our plans and our minds and all of those things. And I pray that um, you would give to us information that we need to best go about your work here. Um, so whatever we can glean from our brother, I pray that we would today um, humble us and teach us and um, yeah, just be with us in this conversation. We ask that you would in Jesus name. Amen. 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 I love that you mentioned in the beginning that this uh, building, this wonderful uh, church, is actually just a very short walk yeah. uh, from where we sleep at night. Yeah. yeah. And so that was pretty great. And so, that's a true thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was actually uh, what was cool and uh, the reason why we wanted to do it here. And you know, people at home might notice we aren't in our wonderful uh, you know, studio at the library with mm. our concrete pillar. Um, <laughs> but we're here. This was actually the first church uh, we visited when mm. we moved here. Yeah. And Idik was the first uh, pastor we got to meet. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the good people in America. Uh, just go ahead and tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So you heard my name. I'm Eirik Soldal. Uh, I'm 34 years old. I have lived in Oslo since 2008. Uh, born in Kristiansand, down mm-hmm. south, uh, from uh, the thin Bible belt of Norway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I have one brother and uh, parents uh, who are still together. Uh, and now I'm married and have two children myself awesome. and planning to stay together with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Very awesome. Yeah. And we always like to, I always preface this every time, but uh, when we have Christians on, which is all we've had on so far, yeah. I like to ask them how they met Jesus Christ yeah. and made them, made him 
their personal Lord and Savior. Yeah. Uh, so how did you uh, come to meet Jesus Christ? Yeah, so I was uh, brought up in a Christian home. My parents um, evangelized to me. They told me about Jesus. They brought me to church. Uh, uh, I grew up with Sunday school, with uh, prayers, going to bed, uh, singing. We always sing Christian songs before mm-hmm. meals in Norway. I don't know if you've noticed, yeah, but we don't yeah. say grace, we sing songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm doing the same thing with my my daughter now. Mm-hmm. So, um, That's awesome. Uh, and I think um, the faith, the relationship with God has always been there. And maybe during my... Uh, my teens, uh, it was becoming more something I needed to to make personal, or it was always personal, but I needed right. to to own it myself. Yeah. yeah. So actually, going to confirmation was something very important for me. Like mm. in, I'm from a Lutheran church mm-hmm. in the, the Norwegian. Uh, it used to be the state church. Now I'm in a different um, denomination. But growing up, I was baptized as an infant, and then coming to confirmation, you're. I was actually confirming my baptism. Yeah. Uh, it mm. wasn't just something to have a party. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. was uh, it was real to me. Um, and then understanding the gospel, I think that grew during my teen years, uh, and also becoming more, um, let's say, open about being a Christian or more, uh, yeah. So, uh, so I think it's it's more like a process, um, mm-hmm. um, and it's always been there. And sometimes I've been kind of jealous for like people who have conversion mm-hmm. stories yeah, like sure. you haven't been christian for a long time mm-hmm. so so i sometimes when i've been struggling with doubts i, I would want to see that before and after but mm-hmm. learning to mm-hmm. know people in their stories i'm getting more and more grateful that that my parents shared faith with faith with me since i was a small boy mm-hmm. so so i'm very grateful mm-hmm. today yeah. about that yeah very, yeah wonderful i i really enjoyed uh, just before we get into the meat of the discussion, but I enjoyed how you talked about the concept of like in your teenage years, learning how to make your faith your own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's definitely something uh, like that I've definitely focused on when I've worked with youth ministry in the past. Yeah. And something that I take very seriously is not that uh, it's very common. And a lot of my friends in youth group, when I was in middle school and high school, were kind of riding off the faith of their parents mm-hmm. and the, you know, the youth leaders there. Um, and the teen years are, uh, you know, early high school, to you know, late middle school are uh, is a really like formative time to like really kind of come into your own with your faith and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I appreciate you just talking yeah, about that. Yeah. It's really cool. So uh, you are uh, a pastor at a church. I am. How did you get into uh, ministry in Norway, working for Jesus? Yeah. So actually, about youth group. Growing up, I didn't go much to youth group because mm. I was swimmer. And yeah. when you go, yeah. when you train swimming in Norway, in yeah, Norway. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> indoors. They so like yeah. On the, oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> they call it swimming. But yeah. Really, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but that means practicing. Uh, eight, nine times a week, including mm. Friday night when the mm. youth group mainly was, and then Saturday morning. So, so um, uh, I went to uh, something we have in Norway called uh, Folk High School, mm-hmm. Folk High School, which mm-hmm. is like mm. it's a gap year when you go learn something, mm. but you don't have exams. Yeah, and mm. it was a Christian Folk High School, so I was invited to be part of the the youth group, Christian youth group there, and, and leading that with other people, and I I said yes, and and found it very. Um, uh, meaningful to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so like my faith was had already been growing for a long time, but but being in ministry was new for me there. And mm-hmm. after that year, I had a, 
uh, or during that year, I had uh, a mail coming to my, like a physical mail coming, mm -hmm. uh, telling me about the possibility to go to an exchange program mm. going to abroad to mm. serve with Lage. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. which is uh, the equivalent in the US would be InterVarsity, yeah. Christian Student yeah, yeah, Ministry. Well. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's IFES International. Uh -huh. And then I ended up going to a new gap year mm -hmm. uh, and then going to Uganda for six yeah. months, being mm -hmm. part of the Christian ministry there in, in uh, what they call Focus uh, Uganda. Mm -hmm. Wow. So uh, a local ministry. And that was mm -hmm. pretty cool. It wasn't started by foreign missionaries. Yeah. It was... Uh, Ugandan students that I think they started it in the 60s. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. And coming there, I two things happened. One is that I saw a really, um, let me say, I saw devote Christians, mm -hmm. more devote than, than what I was used to. Yeah. I saw people being eager to tell their friends about, uh, about Christ. Mm -hmm. I saw students saving up money to go to missions in the villages themselves. Mm -hmm. And they, had, they didn't have a lot of money. Yeah, sure. So it's not like us saving up for an, a vacation. It, mm -hmm. It's really something, fundraising and all of it. Uh, and seeing all that inspired me and made me think, when I'm a student, I want to have some of this flavor in, in my life. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that happened in Uganda, being there, practicing ministry, being part of all of this, I, uh, I had... Uh, uh, a huge crisis of my faith. Mm. Like things, sometimes I've said that it's like if my faith was like a brick wall, mm -hmm. God just pushed it down and then built it up stronger. Mm. Mm. Um, and I, I won't go into all the details, but uh, the main issues I think would I would have to say was that I had a doubt if mm. God was good. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. I had a doubt about my own salvation. Mm -hmm. And I... Um, I also felt like I, I, I had been longing mm. to feel more of the presence of God, to feel like God was close. And mm. I was feeling that, but I was feeling suffocated. Mm. Because when you're not sure of your own salvation yeah. and you're not sure that God is good, mm. it doesn't feel that good that he's feeling that close. close right. Yeah. So, mm. so things happened there. And I won't go into all the details because then we would have a theological discussion for two hours oh, instead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, about that. Yeah. Part two. Part, Part two. two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyways... Uh, in all of this, like I still had doubts, I still had issues, problems, questions mm -hmm. about God, and I yeah. think that's healthy to have Absolutely. questions. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, but in all of that, God met me in my distress mm -hmm. um, in two ways or three ways. One is people coming to me and actually listening, mm -hmm. uh, or just assuring me that I was saved, <laughs> or or talking to me about how God good God is or just listening for a long time without saying anything. So, so the comfort of people helping me out. Mm -hmm. And then there was a musician I listened a lot to called Ole Paus, Norwegian mm -hmm. musician. Uh, and he's, um, he has uh, spiritual themes in a lot of his songs. It's, mm -hmm. He's not like a worship leader or anything mm -hmm. like that. Sure. But, but he has uh, album, albums with the spiritual songs about doubts and faith mm -hmm. and he also has a Christmas uh, CD yeah. and on that CD there was a song that just described my whole situation how I was feeling mm -hmm. um, 
So uh, I, I sent you the lyrics yes, for that. Right. And it's pretty weird because it's actually an English hymn mm. that is kind of patriotic. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> uh, so it's a bit weird to read it in English. And then someone, maybe Ulla Pöst, maybe someone else, translated mm. it to Norwegian. Uh, and then I translated it back to you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with, with Google Translate and yeah. some of my English skills. Yeah. Uh, That's right. So, so we brought it here so I could read it. Yes, so I'll mention please. this and one more thing before we... Uh, and continue the conversation. So I think I'll have to lift this up. So um, the lyrics go something like that, Mm -hmm. uh, like this. Where are the traces of him here in my homeland's meager soil? Has anyone seen God's holy lamb among ice and snow and mountains here up north? Was the light of grace lit here somewhere under a bridge, under a waterfall? And was Jerusalem built here, among us the most miserable? Forge me a sword of all my faith. Forge me a shield of all my doubts. Give me a spear, chase the shadows away. Give me a chariot of fire. There is a battlefield in my soul. soul. But I'll endure and I will stand until we have built Jerusalem in the heart of my motherland. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> All those words about the doubt, the, the, the battle in my soul, being in ministry while being in distress, yeah, yeah. this really described my situation. So I was listening to this and other songs about doubt and faith. And then around Christmas, uh, we went to Zanzibar for a vacation just to get away from everything. Mm-hmm. And it felt there like God spoke to me. Uh, not with the audible words, sure. but, but like, you know... Uh, is in Nehemiah where uh, Nehemiah where uh, it says that God awoke in a thought in this mm. or that person something oh, yeah. like, like that sure. happened yeah. a, a thought just appeared uh, and it felt like God was saying all these things that you're stressed about I got it yeah. I am Almighty and I do love you I mm. am good mm-hmm. um, and I don't need you yeah. I don't need you. Actually, if you spent all your energy working against me, mm-hmm. it wouldn't help. <laughs> like you wouldn't make a difference. Mm. But if you want to, you can join me in in the kingdom work. Mm. Right. I and think that's if you, if you don't mind, that's yeah. so profound and deep. So I had a, a chance to speak with a, a local church a few weeks ago, and that's yeah. what we talked about. Yeah. Is, you know, the beginning of of wisdom is the fear of God. Yeah. Mm. So we start there. Yeah. And if you know who God is and what His nature is and what He's mm. like. That's terrifying. Mm. So is the he's the one who keeps existence mm. continuing to exist. And if he decided, if he stopped deciding existence should exist, we would all go. <laughs> right. So when you realize the the power and might of this great and powerful God, that's somebody to be avoided if you don't know if he, that he's good and he loves you. Mm. So if what you're struggling with is, I know who God is and what he's like, but I don't know if he loves me and mm. I don't know if I'm in his family. Mm. It makes all the sense in the world that you mm. that you'd be terrified. You feel op- oppressed. I think you said suffocated. Yeah. You feel suffocated by his nearness. Um, mm-hmm. But then, when you fill that out and you understand the complete nature of who God is, which Jesus revealed, um, we understand that we are loved by God. That we're valuable. I hear evangelists say something like, "God thinks you're so amazing." I don't think that's true. Mm. I think God thinks you're very valuable. I don't think He's yes. amazed by us. Mm. I think he loves us more than more than we could imagine and paid a price greater than we could imagine 
to fix what we've broken. And when you realize that, then I think um, that gives rise to the kind of experience that you're talking about. So in the, in the midst of know, knowing who God is and, and what he's like, until you're sure that he's adopted you into his family because he's good and he loves you, that would be, what else could that be except a crisis? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I also think uh, talking to to Christians who are in ministry in Norway, and I also see that the people who actually realize that God doesn't need them, mm-hmm. they they are more free to serve. Yeah. And they, mm-hmm. they last longer in the ministry because yeah. they don't stress yeah. because God, yeah. God, it, it's <laughs> God's mission and we, and we yeah. can join him. It's not a God on a paper throne with a right. <laughs> small mm-hmm. paper crown. It's the almighty God and we can join him in his ministry and we're free to do that. Not mm-hmm. because he needs us, but because it's a good thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're invited into that, and that's that's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just think that that that's so profound. I'm going to say it again because you said it twice, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the thing where God's like, "Hey, I don't need you, mm-hmm. but I'm in, I'm inviting you and giving you the opportunity to participate." There is something so liberating about that mm-hmm. because, uh, like, thank God that God's approval of me and his love for me and his care for me is not dependent on my performance. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God that that's mm-hmm. the case. Um, because, uh, and cause we fail because we fail. Yeah. We're not only prone to failure, but man, we constantly we love failing. It. We constantly <laughs> fail. Yeah. And so I, I, I think that that is, um, so important and it's, it's a little, uh, like counterintuitive, at least to our, like sinful minds, right? Because we want to be like, no, no, no. I want to like earn my stripes mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. I want to pay yeah. for this. I'm yeah. wrong. I've yeah. got to make it, got to make it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And still we have to, we still see that our actions have consequences. Yes. So it's not like what we do doesn't matter. Right. But, but it's, it's like the bigger picture. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's what happened. And then I came back to Norway mm-hmm. uh, with this song in mind feeling that I was sent back to Norway to do ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with the line, uh, <laughs> there's a battlefield in my soul, but I'll endure and I will stand until we have built Jerusalem in the heart of my motherland. Mm-hmm. Love that. Mm-hmm. So, so the heart of my motherland, like maybe that's Oslo. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's less concrete. Maybe it's more metaphorically, but this has, I don't think about this line every day. Yeah. But I think it's 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 shaped my trajectory of life, mm-hmm. um, and in some way I'll be doing kingdom work uh, in in Norway mm-hmm. uh, because it's needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how about we we start talking about that? Yeah, um, you um, talked about how kingdom work is needed yeah. out here. Yeah. We have. Um, kind of been talking and sharing with our, you know, uh, American friends and family back at home. We've talked a lot about after like reading statistics and speaking with Norwegians out here about the uh, phrase I've been calling is like the spiritual state of yeah. Norway, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's just a blanket term to say like what did people think about God and spiritual yeah. things and yeah. stuff. So. How about um, we would really appreciate your perspective mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. How would you perceive uh, like? the spiritual state in Norway. Do people hmm. think about spiritual things? Do they not? Are, are people mostly atheistic? What, how would you unpack that? Um, well, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a bit of all of those things <laughs> okay. you asked about. Uh, coming back to Norway, I, I wanted to do ministry. So, so I, 
I first thought of doing studying theology, mm-hmm. but then I thought, oh, I'm like how I work. I always want to prepare well for things. So then mm-hmm. I'll prepare yeah. for six years and then yeah. don't do ministry before I'm finished. Right. So I started uh, a normal secular education instead. I did mm-hmm. media and communication for some years, yeah. and in that, I thought maybe I can can be part of helping um, helping other Christians feel like they're missionaries on campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So um, I'll get back to your, uh, to your oh, questions, yeah, right. uh, but this yeah. is kind of uh, coming into that. So, so, um, so what I did, like I came with visions, with ideas, mm-hmm. like what if, okay, I'm going to Oslo University College mm-hmm. and there are so and so many students here and if so and so many percents are, call themselves Christians, we might be 500 or 600 of us. And mm-hmm. what if all of us in some way thought of ourselves as missionaries yeah. on campus mm-hmm. in our different ways? Mm-hmm. Some people would be... Uh, easily be witnessing some people would be praying for their classmates inviting their friends to to church or just doing everything they can to to see the lonely people in the class or mm-hmm. whatever but being uh being missionaries together yeah. Yeah. Um, and what i found was of course that it wasn't that easy like yeah. you have those big ideas and visions and yeah. I remember coming to Lage which was where I wanted to serve and then I, I introduced this vision this idea to some of the leaders there the students mm-hmm. and said yeah I'm going to Oslo University College this is what I want and, and they're like yeah we've tried having a group there it's hard yeah mm-hmm. we, we like your initiative but yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't don't get your dreams up, like yeah, don't yeah. get your hopes up. Yeah. And to me, that was like I was thinking first, which God do you believe in? Of mm-hmm. course, it's possible. Right. Everything is possible for God. So so it felt like heartbreaking to have someone mm-hmm. say something like that. And you mm-hmm. might have people saying something like that to you when you come here to Norway with a lot of vision. And like so, on the one hand, he was wrong to say something like that. But mm-hmm. on the other side, he was right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. after three years there, we had one small group of a few people yeah. praying for each other, praying for our friends, reading the Bible together sometimes. We didn't see a lot of people get saved. It was mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so glad I did it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So so in that, I, I've heard you talk in your podcast about like missional... Um, uh, fellowship or mission, mm-hmm. missional, missional communities. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so when I've heard about that, I, I'm when I'm thinking back um, of all the ministry I've done in Lag and in church, I think that was one of the most meaningful things I did. Mm-hmm. Just staying with two of the friends in my class, praying mm-hmm. together, praying for our classmates, and naturally being part of the of the the class, the the group of students. Mm-hmm. Going to parties, uh, hanging out, doing projects together, and yeah. and being open about our faith, uh, yeah. and like we didn't see a lot of results, but it shaped us, and then maybe uh, it helped some people uh, open up the idea mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. God might be good, or mm-hmm. or going to church might not be a bad idea, and if yeah. they had a beer in their hand, they might say, yeah. I actually, I grew up Christian, sort of. And, and then you'll get this conversation mm-hmm. starting. Yeah. And yeah. it was meaningful, and it wasn't forced. It was just being together. Yeah. Uh, and in that, and later when I was, uh, um, uh, I had the opportunity to be part of starting Skepsis Ukat, Skeptics mm-hmm. Week, yeah. which yeah. you have also mm-hmm. been part of in, in, in Oslo. Um, 
in all of this, I've, I've maybe learned more about the spiritual state of Norway. And, mm. and you'll have some people who, um, <laughs> like if I tell my neighbor or someone, like, uh, so what do you do? I'm a pastor. Mm. <laughs> like <laughs> they just get blank. They don't know what to ask. Yeah. They, 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 I don't know if they're afraid to offend me or mm. if they're um, afraid like just trying to figure out how I can be a pastor or whatever it is. Yeah. So, so, so there's, there's some of that, like the need for skeptics week is to mm. meet that skepticism yeah. mm-hmm. that, that Christians don't really use their brain or, or, or whatever. <laughs> sure. um, so, so, so I think that's part of it. Uh, I also see that you have a lot of uh, what you would see in most of the West, people saying that they're spiritual but yeah. not religious. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're seeking and, and they're open to have conversations. When, when we had people from from England coming to help us with Skeptics Week, they would say that uh, people are open to talk. Mm. But almost no one is ready to commit. Yeah. In England, they would have a lot of people just, maybe because they've been doing mission weeks there for a long time, <laughs> so people know what they are and then they avoid it if they don't yeah. want it, like like I avoid people trying to sell me newspaper in the streets. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but people were more hostile, mm. but you would find a few of them who were open to commit, yeah. to, to really get into it and, and search. Mm. In Norway, we, you would get a lot of conversations, but not that much commitment. And, and I think that's, that's pretty... Um, uh, I think that's a correct image of how it is for a lot of yeah. students, at least, mm. in Norway. Um, and then um, I, I've been thinking... Like you've also talked in, on your podcast about about the heritage of Christianity in Norway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think it is C.S. Lewis who once said that trying to evangelize in England, which would be the same kind of thing, yeah. mm. it's like asking your ex girlfriend on a date. Yeah. <laughs> pe- 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 so people think they know what Christianity is. Ah, we've done that for a lot of years, mm-hmm. and sure. it was so oppressing. Mm-hmm. And you had the state church, and mm-hmm. and this or that, or uh, now we've found our secular freedom. And please mm-hmm. don't come with Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like I know what that is, mm-hmm. but but of course they don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't mm-hmm. know the gospel. They. I am surprised often about how little people know about about the Bible, about Christianity, mm. about how it is mm. to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, welcome to Norway. You're yeah. asking uh, people to date their ex-girlfriend. Uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So that's really interesting that you yeah. say all that. So I, I, uh, Jacob and I had the opportunity to, um, uh, to be a part of a church service uh, just this last weekend. And I was talking to a man there, and he said, you know, I think he's a Norwegian uh, from Bergen. He said, I think Norwegians are more religious than they've are like, yeah yeah more religious mm. than they think they are yeah. mm. i said interesting you know talk to me about that and i think I, I hope i don't i hope i don't get it wrong but i think what he was saying was something like there's so much that's built into oh, yeah. my norwegian identity about how we live about what we value mm. about how we take care of each other mm. about how about the things we like and the things we hate and, and all of that right there's so much about being a norwegian that is founded on christian values and also um, it's, uh, it's built in a little bit to, to the to the worldview, but not to the extent that you see. Well, I believe all of this because I believe God is real. Yeah. But if you don't believe that God is real, then the stuff you believe up here kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe people here just haven't questioned that thing. Where it's like, well, that I'm really in favor of treating people with dignity and treating people equally. Um, I've, so I've noticed in Norway that uh, culture and society here are very flat. Yeah. Um, 
So that's a value. I, yeah. I, I, and it's a, I think it's a value of humility. I never stick myself up above anybody else or imply that I'm better or more important or more valuable. And then you, you, you push on that and go, okay, where does that come from? Because if God isn't real, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. If God isn't real, then you should push yourself as high as you can and live your best life now. And, and when Christ came as a humble servant, mm-hmm. it was radical and, and yes. um, uh, people didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> like in a Roman or Greek society, mm-hmm. that kind of humbleness was, mm-hmm. was it was not uh, humility, but it was like being humiliated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it was a sign of a curse. Yeah. It meant that the, that the gods were mad at you or that God hated you or something like that. Yeah. You're, mm-hmm. That's why Jesus has to keep turning the script over. Yeah. No, you're blessed when people yeah. persecute, persecute you and speak all kinds of evil for my name's sake. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's, I hope I get this right. I think what we're, what we're trying to do, especially as brand new people in Norway is, is try and observe and understand. Yeah. Cause that's really hard. I'm learning. Like we have to, uh, the, one of the tasks we have before us is not just to understand what the people here believe, but all of the stuff that's underneath what they believe mm. that they've never said and never questioned. Yeah. It's all of the sort of presuppositions mm-hmm. and values that if you ask somebody, why, if I ask somebody, why do you believe all humans have dignity? Mm. They don't say, well, because I, because my worldview is founded on, on the, because <laughs> my majors yeah. in ethics. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. No, because so, mm. my worldview is founded on the Christian right. ethic of the, of the uh, image of God that's born by all humans. Like nobody would tell you that. Yeah. That, it, it, that's it, just sort of the obvious part. Mm. How do we understand and get beneath yeah. what's obvious? so we can um, meet people where their hearts yeah. are. I think it, it's what in philosophy you would call a doxa, or yeah. in, or in mm. uh, plain language, a given truth. Yeah. Like you don't question it. Of course mm. it's like that. Mm. Um, and, and I think like my evangelism muscles are not that trained from the last years mm. because I've gone from being on campus on a secular place with the mission mindset mm-hmm. to moving over to becoming a pastor being studying theology and being in church at the same time yeah. so mm-hmm. so now my my mind is more set on spiritual development caring mm-hmm. for the church teaching mm-hmm. and I, i've told the cam once that it's like i i have a flame a passion for evangelism but it's like uh, uh it's not fully lit it's just mm-hmm. there uh, what was the name again when Say you have a bonfire yes yeah, no not smoldering oh, but it's embers? like yeah, embers yeah, embers, embers. Yeah, yeah. it's an ember there uh, and it's, it's keeping me warm <laughs> and it's there it. yeah. yeah but so so talking about how to reach non-christians in norway mm-hmm. it's a bit hard for me because i'm not tra- like if you asked me seven years ago i would be like this yeah. but now hearing you talk about like what's Norwegians, how religious they are, or how mm. Christian they are in their mindset. Mm. I think that's something we need to to use as uh, an advantage because mm. it's easy for us to to think of what they don't have. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have a personal relationship with Christ. Mm, you, yeah. you haven't understood the gospel, salvation, whatever, mm-hmm. and then whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the small things like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but but my point is that. Um, uh, Christ said the kingdom is near. Mm-hmm. Aren't you noticing it? Yeah. And I think that's some of the approach we need with people mm. to say, ah, yeah, so you really care about the poor. Hmm. That reminds me of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, instead of confronting why they don't know yeah. why they care about the poor. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you can do that. Yeah. But, but, but the most important thing, I, the starting point is to find the common ground mm. and to, 
to show people how Christian they already are without <laughs> without being yeah. converted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it was, it's funny that that was the example you went to mm. uh, um, because I actually met a Norwegian gentleman recently on a college campus, actually, yeah. University of Oslo. Yeah. Um, his name was Tobias. Um, was that okay? Yeah, that, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he... Um, uh, he'd, uh, we were going through the uh, Laga survey uh, mm-hmm. with him, and we actually talked about it on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to the question of, like, uh, are there any values on which you base your life? And he said, I'm a socialist, yeah. and use the word, yeah. you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so you probably uh, have a high value for, like, reaching out to marginalized and oppressed peoples of society. And so instead of wanting to, like, because, I mean, I have problems with socialism, and I think <laughs> that, uh, yeah, there's some things we could talk you about that. You could there. keep it on a political level. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the point. Could, yeah. we could, I, could, I could have foolishly chosen to die on that hill, mm-hmm. which I have, I think we'll, we'll definitely explore this topic uh, in the future, oh, but wow. I have many, many times foolishly died on hills like that. So I could have foolishly like fought the political mm-hmm. battle and been like, well, the socialism, blah, 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 blah. But instead, um, I think what doing what you were talking mm. about uh, was, is so important. I, I'm happy to hear yeah. from you that that, yeah. is a, um, that that ended up being a wise decision. Just yeah. Instead, now build a bridge between, well, you have this value. Isn't it interesting that Jesus has this mm. value mm-hmm. too? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now it was kind of interesting for me. It was like I could see it on his face that Christianity all of a sudden was now back on the table for him. Mm. So instead of him being like agnostic, I don't really think about spiritual mm. things and I'm a socialist mm. and we should work for the benefit of mankind to be like, that is interesting that Jesus shares that value that I hold so dearly. That's interesting. And so. And and how wonderful if you have a conversation with someone and they go away from there being curious about the human being, Jesus Christ, the historical Mm -hmm. person, Mm -hmm. like what can happen from that? So, so it's so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Instead of going right to the conclusion and then they're not ready. Right. So, yeah. And I love like with that approach, um, I think the normal, like the lay person in the church, not just the pastors can do it. Yeah. Um, like I can expect any person who attends a congregation and uh, wears the name of Christian and follows Christ, like to have a conversation with someone and recognize, well, that, like that's a good value you yeah. have in your life. And then just have a conversation about like, yeah. where does that come from? That's something I think I could easily... Uh tell the people in my church try and do yeah. this mm-hmm. but if I say okay next week I expect all of you to go and, and uh, talk to someone about salvation they would be terrified and, yeah, sure. yeah and I would be yeah. <laughs> like even uh, it's um, yeah I think that's a good approach starting like that and, and then you might be surprised to see what mm-hmm. kind of conversations yeah. you get mm-hmm. yeah and people will feel uh Honored and respected. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And heard and understood. Yeah. Yeah. Not challenged yeah. And, and argued yeah. with. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and not just as a strategy, but actually as in seeing their humanity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, imagine that. I mean, has anybody, has a stranger ever approached you and said, um, uh, you should have different values. Yeah. And you should value different things. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but I value these things. You should yeah. value these things. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's probably, I mean, at, at best, it's kind of a, 
maybe it's an unwise strategy. Yeah. I, I've, yeah. I've had that with the uh, Hare Krishna missionary yeah. coming to me on the streets really? of Oslo mm. and just making me feel uncomfortable for a week afterwards. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, I don't think we want to do that with people. <laughs> yeah. no, like, of course, we can help people ask the hard questions that yeah. will make them feel uneasy, mm, needing right. to search for God. Yeah. But... Uh, then we need to hold their hands afterwards and be yeah. able to be their friends, whatever, uh, however they land in their uh, journey with yeah, God. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, I want to, um, instead of just kind of focusing on like uh, Norwegian culture, just kind of in general, which is kind of what we've been focusing on for mm-hmm. uh, this, this last section, uh, segment, um, uh, do you mind if we zoom in real quick on maybe the church in Norway? Awesome. So what would you say is like the spiritual state of, sorry, <laughs> going back to that. <laughs> yeah. But what would you say would be like the state of the church in Norway? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, uh, we're all familiar with biblical concepts of like, uh, I'm not accusing, I'm just mm, yeah. putting stuff on the table. Yeah. We're uh, familiar with biblical mm-hmm. concepts of like lukewarm Christianity mm-hmm. or like uh, there's so many warnings in scripture to all these different churches to like, hey, be solid in your doctrine, you mm-hmm. know, so maybe churches might be more sound than others and stuff. I'm just putting options on the table, but yeah. from a, a Norwegian perspective, yeah. obviously, <laughs> uh, how would you describe the spiritual state of the church in Norway? There are so many different churches, though, so, so yeah. it's hard to know where to begin. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think, f- from what I've seen as a very positive thing, being a pastor in Oslo now since 2017, mm-hmm. January, I think. I, I've been part of this church as a member since 2008, mm-hmm. and then I became a pastor after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been part of the 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 fellowship of pastors in Oslo mm-hmm. across churches. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I meet with Pentecostals and Baptists and Lutherans yeah. and, and a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing that ecumenical spirit, the, yeah. the, the, and going to, uh, like you'll really have to look forward for the event called Prayer for Oslo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's normally in January, but because of COVID, they postponed it to right before Pentecost, I think, mm-hmm. where people from all different churches come together to pray. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, like Jesus' prayer was for his people to be one. I think it mm-hmm. breaks his heart when we start arguing more than cooperating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and seeing that kind of... Um, uh, the atmosphere that's really good, mm-hmm. and then you have some people. the 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 pastoral network I'm part of is is um, uh, evangelistically minded. The discipleship is important. Mm-hmm. There's a high view of the Bible, so, so there. Are, and some people wouldn't feel as comfortable in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have, for example, within the Norwegian church or in what used to be the state church, you would have some priests who would be happy to be part of this fellowship, yeah. others who won't. Mm-hmm. And, and for some of them, it would just be about time. Like mm-hmm. you have a lot of meetings and maybe you have mm-hmm. other fellowships you're part of yeah. that helps you out. Mm-hmm. And like even me now, I'm, I don't have time to go to those meetings because I'm also a campus minister, a mm-hmm. campus pastor, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm working those days, so I can't mm-hmm. come. So there might be yeah. different reasons. But, but you'll have people who... Um, uh, like th- there's um, uh, a lot of uh, uh, liberal theology mm-hmm. in Norway, yeah. Uh, but s- 
even with the people with the more liberal theology in me, I will find things that we have in common. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for example, going to uh, like I, I, I'm grown up in the in the Norwegian church, mm-hmm. which used to be the state church, and um, you'll have some churches that are more conservative, more evangelistic, mm-hmm. and others that are more on the dialogue and uh, and more uh, helping people have a comfortable life or, mm-hmm. or meeting people in their despair, yeah. uh, which also are things that are a good thing to do as a Christian, right. but, but, mm-hmm. but their focus is different. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you'll have, you'll have both different, you'll, you'll find uh, uh, priests in the Norwegian church who you would really connect with mm-hmm. in Oslo and others where you would feel that maybe both of you would feel that the other one's perspective is threatening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. So, so you'll find both of that. But the cool thing about the Norwegian church and like the church I'm part of now, we're not very liturgical. Yeah. Like this is the, sure. the, there's worship, there's a long sermon mm. and, and there's communion once in a while. But if you go to the Norwegian church to service, mm-hmm. no matter how, uh, off topic the sermon is mm-hmm. which it might sometimes be not mm-hmm. always but sometimes like the whole service is shaped by the gospel mm-hmm. you confess your sins you confess your faith you go to communion the 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 text for every sunday is challenging mm-hmm. uh, so so going in all of that so even in a church where many of the people there might be lukewarm. You can mm-hmm. go there as a burning Christian and find a lot of food for your faith mm-hmm. in how the service is shaped yeah. in the mm-hmm. liturgy. Um, so, and and I, I think also like, this is a church where we focus a lot on preaching, mm-hmm. but I, I I hope that my sermons aren't the main food for mm-hmm. people's spiritual life. Yeah. Like I'm, hopefully I'm helping them to eat more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's I, I had never thought of that. So the even if you have, I want to say this gently but accurately. Yeah. yeah. But if you have leadership in the church, even the Church of Norway, yeah. who have maybe in their hearts and minds wandered from the gospel or from the from the main things yeah. of the gospel, something like yeah. that. But even the church's commitment to its history and liturgy, yeah. which were definitely shaped oh, by, yeah. definitely shaped by the gospel. I hadn't even yeah. I hadn't considered that as a possibility. That's really sort of lovely and interesting and yeah. isn't it just like god to do that yeah. Yeah. to even find a way to, you know, jesus says that my my sheep hear my voice yeah. isn't it interesting that even in even in a place where there's maybe most people are speaking a different language that jesus yeah. is still able mm. to speak and his sheep will hear his voice mm. that's uh that's really lovely thank you for sharing yeah. that with us mm-hmm. yeah. i do so, yeah. so don't underestimate the church yeah. like get to know mm-hmm. people and and sometimes we'll actually even learn learn something because uh, in our traditions um, in both Mishunsirka, Baptist churches mm-hmm. we, we have often focused on um, on the, the personal conversion mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. how does this single person become a Christian yeah. uh, but also in the Baptist history you have, you have people shaping society mm-hmm. for the better to look more like the Sermon on the Mount right. mm-hmm. and, and you'll find those parts which is, are also part of the gospel mm-hmm. in the churches and we might learn something and we'll learn from each other mm-hmm. and, and I remember reading Eugene Peterson's mm-hmm. autobiography yeah. where he interviewed the one who was supposed to be the most liberal guy in, in all of the US mm-hmm. and then meeting him and then maybe just understanding that they had a little bit of different ways of talking about the same thing, mm-hmm. finding that he mm-hmm. was really 
tuned to the gospel too yeah. and being surprised about that. So, so, yeah. so I think, mm. of course, we, we need to see that we have differences and, yeah. and, and uh, not kind of saying that, oh, it's okay not to be clear about the gospel or whatever, but, but yeah. actually in the same way as you would uh, look for common ground with people who are not Christians, mm-hmm. I think we need to look for the common ground with people who are uh, Christian in a different way than us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then work from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's so mm. good. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I want to kind of kind of go back to pastoring. Yeah. Um, and so we uh, uh, we've talked about um, kind of our vision or like this model of like church planting that we're really attracted to. And so when you talk about uh, like discipleship and like yeah. uh, like missional community, like uh, and kind of like the what am I trying to say? Like the skeleton of missional community was there. Like you mm-hmm. like had deep relationships with people and mm-hmm. those were some of the most uh, meaningful, like, yeah. you know, evangelistic yeah. uh, experiences you had. We're really attracted to models like that, that are really relational, that are community focused and missional. Um, and, but we're also focused on uh, training and developing pastors yeah. as well. Uh, and so we're pretty committed to that. One of the ways that Cam has put it a couple times on this podcast is oh. like make, I'm always yeah. worried when you're going to hold my word, own words against me. <laughs> well, like setting a pastor factory. Pastor factory. Yeah. 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 And so we're yeah. uh, obviously having a ton to learn, but we're very passionate about that. Mm. We love, mm. I'm, you said you're a big preaching guy. I'm also like a really big, like expository preaching mm. guy. I'm not mm. very uh, liturgical, although yeah. it's very yeah. beautiful and attractive. And yeah. I want to go visit a service yeah. now after hearing you uh, yeah. talk about it. I can recommend some churches. Yes, thank, <laughs> thank you. you. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk. Yeah. Um, so, uh, getting to getting back to pastoring, what would you say? And this might be a little bit of a, some pressure because you are a pastor. Yeah. What would you say it takes to be like a successful yeah. pastor in Norway? Yeah. When when I started considering studying theology and and becoming a pastor after having served uh, in Lage for some years, both mm-hmm. as a volunteer and then as staff for for some years. I actually asked some of my friends about that. So, so what does it take to be a pastor? Mm-hmm. What do I need to think about before right. mm-hmm. becoming a pastor? And and I had different replies. Someone told me, like, focus on these letters of Paul to, mm. to understand pastoral ministry. Or, mm-hmm. but, but one thing that really stuck with me was a guy who said, learn to love the other people in your church's ideas more than your own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know if I always do that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but 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 I think of the church as as like a garden where where things grow up, mm-hmm. and and when someone has an idea, an initiative, something like that, and the pastor sees it and helps, let me say, um, uh, prune, help mm-hmm. help make it better. Yeah, uh, beautiful things can happen. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was like when I came here. Uh, being part of the church, being in my early 20s, uh, the pastor who was there then, he asked me, so, so, like, what things do you like doing? If you were to serve in this church, what would you like to do? And I, I had tried preaching a couple of times. So I was like, uh, yeah, maybe when the time is ready, I, I could maybe preach sometime, mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that. And, and he took me seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he... Um, after a while, I, I had an idea for a sermon topic. Um, having been in Uganda, I was really passionate about God's heart for the poor, mm. Jesus' heart for the poor. So, mm-hmm. so I explained this to him, and he listened to me, I thought skeptically. Like, mm. 
you guys on YouTube will see this on the podcast. You'll just have to imagine his eyes were like this. <laughs> mm. During the, and I th- tried just convincing and convincing that this is something we need to talk about. Yeah. And he listened like this and like this and like this. And in the end he said, wow, wonderful. Let's do a whole series on this topic. And wow. I was like, whoa. So this was his uh, concentration phase. <laughs> oh. yeah. He was concentrating. He wasn't skeptical. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's worked on that uh, later. So, but in that, he saw me and he said, yeah, let's do that. Mm. Let's make a whole sermon series out of your idea. Mm. And mm. then he, uh, he mentored me in preaching. He helped me structuring my sermon. He listened to me explaining what I wanted to say. He, he followed me up mm. like that. Um, and, and that's something I've brought with me and tried to do with other people in church. And, and I can help with my skills in what I'm good at. Mm. Uh, so here in our church, we, we try to have people, volunteers, mm. preach every semester like this semester I think we'll have three mm-hmm. like I would be happy to have five or six I, I, don't, mm-hmm. I, I think that um, to know the depth of God's love like the scripture says you need to hear from all the saints like mm-hmm. we need to do it together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm not that afraid that if one Sunday something comes off a little bit off mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like we're in this together mm-hmm. it's like people aren't sponges who just like copy yeah. everything they hear mm-hmm. they right. think and we have we have small groups discussing the the sermons so so actually daring to to let things grow from from mm-hmm. beneath if it's yeah. people wanting to do a sermon or start a ministry or or something like that. I think that's important, uh, both to be a pastor in a church and also to to develop pastors. Mm-hmm. That's something we. And sometimes you like. What does it mean to 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 develop a pastor? It could mean someone who is leading a church, but also it could mean people who are discipling others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 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 I sort of see all of my small group leaders as mini pastors. Yeah. <laughs> I've told them that, and they were like, "Ah, really?" Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but I really do think so. Like sure. in mm-hmm. in their different ways, some Absolutely. of them do it by being sound in theology; others by being caring. In all our different mm-hmm. gifts, we yeah. we might, may disciple and pastor each other, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's very helpful. And and there's. Um, when you learn more Norwegian, mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. you to read a book by a pastor called Magnus Malm mm-hmm. called Free to Serve, Frite Latiana. Yeah. Uh, and he talks about the importance of being a pastor, not of a church, but in a church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm part of this fellowship yeah. uh, with my strengths, with my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I'm not the, the example for everyone to follow. Mm-hmm. And Malm also says that the most important thing the pastor does is follow Jesus. If you follow Jesus, your congregation might follow Jesus too. Mm. That's that's your calling. It's like that. Peter and Jesus in the end. Follow me, feed my sheep. Follow mm. me, feed my sheep. Those yeah. are the two mm. things you're doing. Uh, your love for Christ, having that grow during your your uh, your vocation as a minister. I think that's to me that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's interesting that you use the word like how to be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, because talking culture, like I, I don't think a Norwegian would ask me about success yeah. as a pastor. Or we wouldn't use words as 
efficiency. Like there are mm. a lot of, I read a lot of uh, and listen to a lot of American theology and, and church development books sure. and all of that. And, and, and the words are like, maybe we mean the same, but it's yeah. a bit different. And mm. that might mm. be because it's not so easy to be successful in Norway with mm. the spiritual states. And <laughs> mm. um, like the, there's a different soil to... Um, to to work with like mm-hmm. the parable of the sower yeah. one of my my uh, mentors when i was in ministry as a student early on like i was this like i was so uh, tired from working and working and working and seeing so few results mm-hmm. and him just comforting me saying that yeah but you're not in uganda yeah. the soil is different here mm-hmm. um to me, that was very helpful, yeah. Yeah. and I think it's it's Tim Keller who, who also in his book Center Church, which, which I've just started reading, he mm-hmm. says that some churches or some pastors may focus on success, others on faithfulness, mm-hmm. but he thinks that the most important thing is in between. It's it's mm-hmm. fruitfulness, mm-hmm. where you mix both of that. And some weeks ago, I had um, um, a, a planned conversation with my what would you call that? Like sort of my bishop, my mm-hmm. my my leader or the sure. one who follows up, the, the church advisor is what yeah. we call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the point of the conversation was to talk about all my life as mm-hmm. a pastor, mm-hmm. both personally in church, my theology, my organization skills, my uh, rest, mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. Uh and then the point was to have a conversation about how my ministry could be uh, sustainable, mm-hmm. long-lasting, and fruitful. Mm-hmm. And those three words, I just I found so much energy in that mm-hmm. because it's so easy to do one or two of these mm-hmm. things. Like you, you, you work all you can to be fruitful, mm-hmm. and you last for a year, and you're worn out. Mm-hmm. Or you just walk, uh, work on being sustainable that I don't want to wear out mm-hmm. and then you're not fruitful. You're not doing anything. You're you know. not doing anything. So, so, but, but I think like thinking about like integrating your whole life and, mm-hmm. and staying it, in it for a long time. Uh, like you have burnout pastors in the whole world mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot on us. So, um, yeah, I, I think... Uh, so my reply would be on Tim Keller's <laughs> idea of fruitfulness. <laughs> yes. Yeah, more than on success. So, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I got to tell you, man. So uh, I appreciate you clarifying um, that, uh, that like connotation like with the word yeah. success. Yeah. I appreciate you clarifying that. Yeah. Um, but I got to tell you, uh, in my mind, yeah. like when I asked you that question, yeah. like I think you hit the nail on the head. You know? Yeah. Like, not just a, su- a successful or let me say effective, or yeah, fruitful yeah, effective yeah. pastor. Yeah. No, I get it. But effective is also weird in Norwegian. Yeah, it's yeah. strange. Mm-hmm. We have different sure. ways of yeah. talking about the same mm-hmm. things, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, I think you described uh, really not just a fruitful pastor just in Norway, but really just anywhere. Yeah. And I yeah. love that's probably my favorite response <laughs> of the whole day. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't really know how to uh, lift off a. Anywhere from that, so I, I think we're sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I, I can have one last comment. Yes, please, like, please, we're so happy to have you guys coming to Norway, and and I'm thinking if you take the stereotypical idea of an American pastor and a Norwegian pastor, mm-hmm. um, the American pastors, at least the ones I see in the media and mm-hmm. read, uh-huh. they focus on being successful. Mm-hmm. The Norwegian pastor would focus on being faithful, yeah. and maybe in us meeting, you coming with your seal, with your uh, your energy to do evangelism, mm-hmm. coming to 
somehow tired Norwegian pastors, mm-hmm. maybe we can find the fruitfulness together mm-hmm. in 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 the the fusion of that yeah. and 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 having you be here with yeah, your strategies, your visions, your your work, all that is fine. But but you coming here as persons, as people mm-hmm. uh, sharing Christ with us, I think a lot of good things can happen from that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, me too. And yeah. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it. So uh, everyone back in America, we hope you appreciated this conversation. Well, everyone in uh, Norway and, and all over the world. Whoever may be <laughs> in Guam. Yeah, in Guam. Yeah, Guam. Tasmania. That's yeah. Tasmania. Yeah. I love it. Uh, people all over the world, uh, whoever might be enjoying this um, or just listening to this and experiencing it, um, but not enjoying it. Uh, we hope you uh, gained uh, some edification from this conversation. I know um, I certainly did. And we will see you again next week. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Word First Radio. If you like the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. If you want to learn more about Word First and how you can support the ministry spiritually and financially, check us out at wordfirst.us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Word First Radio, and we'll see you again next week. God bless.